0: Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports, and riffing on some truth talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. We're back, or should I say I'm back, Matt's been holding down the fort while I was away, uh, but we're back here for another rocking and rolling episode of Delirious Nomads, the podcast brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, Metal Blade Records, where we talk about all things heavy metal. We used to say combat sports and, and other shit, but we don't do that anymore. It's just really become all about metal. So now it's all about metal. And no one is more metal than my friend Katie Babs from SiriusXM's Octane and Turbo, and she's our special, very, very special guest today. How are you doing, Katie? Hey,
1: I'm doing so well, and I'm glad that we're finally doing this because we've been talking about it for a long time.
0: Long time, a long time. So thank you for having me. You're so busy.
1: What's happening? (laughs) We're all so busy, aren't we?
0: This summer is just like flying by. It's like, I got an email from somebody this morning saying like, Hey, we had talked about going to a comedy club this summer. And I'm like, yeah, that was three months ago. I can't believe like, it's like, it's already, it's almost September. Summer's like over.
1: Where did June and July go? Because I have no fucking clue.
0: No, no idea. No idea. So anyway, I'm super excited about this because you and I are pals and you come to my restaurant in LA a lot and um, I love you and and we've gotten really close, but there's also like a ton of ton I don't know about you. And so I'm really excited to kind of get into this. Um, and I'm sure Matt has his own questions since he's just meeting you today for the first time. But I guess, you know, the this is all about you today. We want to know kind of like, you know, how you got started. I mean, where you are now, I know that You're on Octane and Turbo, and I know that you contributed to you can fill in the blanks better than me but like loudwire and you know you know big metal outlets and stuff i guess why heavy metal like when did you know you loved metal and and i'll probably we'll both interrupt you but what was your journey from you know that formative moment where you knew you loved metal to being the superstar you are now
1: oh well thank you for that it's been a long journey i'm 31 now and this all started when i was 18 pretty much i knew i loved music i just didn't know how i could get involved in it because i couldn't play any instruments my attention Span is that of like a freaking shoe. Like it's (laughs) awful. Right. So I knew I couldn't play instruments. And then in Canada, we have much music and we have the VJ search. And they don't often do this, but they brought it back. And I had just graduated high school. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. I'm going to enter the VJ search and see if I can make my way through. I've never done anything like it before and started making videos. And I ended up making it to like top 10 or something like that. But like I said, I was 18, I'm 31 now. So it's been a long time, but I did the VJ search. And when I got eliminated, I realized like, wait, this is what I want to be doing. I want to be talking to musicians. I want to be involved in the music scene. And I didn't know how I could before, but now I do. So I started interviewing friends that were in bands and kind of like making my own content. And it was so bad. It was awful content. But then I was like, I got to move from Vancouver to Toronto because that's the hub of Canada's music. Vancouver doesn't have very much of that. So long story short, moved to Toronto on Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas in Canada. I say, I got to get an internship. And I walk into MTV and I say, I want an internship. I just moved here from Vancouver, Canada. And they said, you're not a student. You can't intern here. So I walk out. I say, okay, I'm not going to give up that easy. So I write to one of the VJs at MTV and I tell her my story and how I really want to be in this industry. And she ended up getting me an internship. Her name was Sheena Snively. And she was kind of like the comedy hub at MTV. And so I was the only person who wasn't a student who ended up getting an internship. And from then on, started getting all of these little jobs. I got hired for this online publication called and pop. And I was interviewing, my first interviews were like Ed Sheeran and Ariana Grande and like all of these rappers and really big people, but that's not where my heart was. Like, it was really cool to interview super famous people. But since high school, I was such an emo kid. I was like such a heavy metal person. And because of that, like I was walking down the street one day in high school and I found an MP3 player on the ground and it was all scratched up, all like broken and stuff. And I made it work and every single song on there. First thing I heard was Lamb of God, and then it was Arch Enemy, and then it was Meshuggah uh, and Parkway Drive. It was all metal, and that was my introduction to metal.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That is fate, if, if, if anything is, right? How old were you when that happened?
1: Oh, God, I was probably 15. Okay, okay. Yeah, 15 years old. I was a late bloomer. Yeah. I was a late bloomer to, to metal <laughs> like I always tell people the first corn song I ever heard was coming undone and they're like what the yeah. hell that's like a later <laughs> one but then you know as I got older I just started getting way more into it and I really wanted to be in the rock and metal scene so uh, I started making more videos and more and alternative press reached out to me ended up doing a couple things with them and that's how I met Jose Jose Mangan of Sirius XM and kind of the rest is history
0: really. Right. So what grabbed you with that MP3 flag? Like why, why did metal grab you by the throat?
1: You know what? It kind of scared me at first because I'd never heard anything like it. You know, like I had heard drowning pool bodies and you know, the, the stuff yeah. that everybody knows, but it, it hadn't really grabbed me then because I was so young. I was, li- I was literally listening to like 50 Cent and the game and like, you know, all of that R&B stuff because I have an older sister who was into that. But as soon as I really put my headphones in and I started listening, and the boppiness of metal like where you can just it just grabs you right away and there's no escaping it like I just love new metal metal post hardcore all of it it gives me a feeling that other music genres can't achieve
0: yeah it's really weird right like you know so I have three siblings they're all older than me but we all grew up in the same household under the same you know uh influence or whatever you want to call it and like I got a brother that's like all about Rolling Stones and Eric Clapton. I got a brother that's all about like acoustic and classical guitar. I got a sister that's all about like new age and like Enya and dead can dance. And then there's me who's into like, you know, the hardest metal there is. It's like, how does that happen? You know, right. You were all in the same gene pool, all grew up in the same place and couldn't, we all can't stand each other's music.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That is so true. Like, I mean, there's there's those songs that your parents used to play for you that will always stick in your mind and you'll always love it because it reminds you of like a great family time. But aside from that, I mean, I try to get my siblings into the stuff. I've brought my brother to a couple heavy metal festivals and he he's into Avenged Sevenfold and all that stuff, which is cool. So it's grown on them. And my dad, a couple months ago came to me and was like, oh, you ever heard of that band Five Finger Death Punch? I really like them. And I was like, of course, dad, of course you love Five Finger Death Punch. Like, what do you know? But he's someone who listens to freaking Bon Jovi and the Bee Gees and like right. all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. it was funny for him to approach me and, and tell me that. <laughs>
0: It's 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 funny how you have to like so Natalie um, you met my wife right yeah yeah she's an op- she's a she's an you know she has her degree in opera and she's an opera singer and she is a multi instrumentalist and she's played keyboards in a Bon Jovi cover band guitar in a Lynyrd Skynyrd cover band um, drums in a Rolling Stones cover band um, but she's never when we met she didn't know any metal and like didn't. And so I had to bring her along really, really slowly. So the first thing I brought her is I, I brought her to see Jeff Tate from Queensright because I figured she'd appreciate his voice, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then slowly amped it up, and slowly amped it up, and then took her to see actually Metallica and Event Sevenfold um, at, at a, a huge, you know, stadium, um, which really kind of like kind of set that. And then now she's like, you know, we're going to see Motley Crue on Saturday, and she's yeah,
1: like, look at her oh, now.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to wear my new Metallica uh, uh, leather jacket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. No, she's awesome, man. But you gotta start see, but you gotta start
0: with like the five finger death punch or whatever. You gotta start there and then you know bring them along. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. You gotta yeah, you gotta kind of ease them in just a tiny bit. If you throw them in right from the get-go with like Lama god or mashuuga or something like that, they're gonna be like, what's going on?
0: Yeah, exactly. what is happening. So I'm gonna give Matt some shine here. I'm always I'm always making fun of Matt on this podcast because he's so much younger than me. And it's all in good fun, but it's also true that he's half my age. And um, you guys are close in age, and I I bet Matt probably has some emo questions or conversations he wants <laughs> to have with
2: you. Yeah, but like the worst part is like I'm, I'm so like in the black metal scene that I can't admit I like emo. That's the that's where it gets hairy.
1: I'm kind of the same, I'm very particular with my emo.
2: Like I'll make like a dashboard confessional story, and then like some Norwegian guy will be like, "What are you listening to?" <laughs> oh,
1: and make fun of you for the soft you stuff. Know,
2: you could blame it. You could blame it on the girlfriend, maybe. I don't know. No, because she's got like everyone knows she's like way grimmer than I am, and makes fun of me. Like she's <laughs> like she's into like weird artsy black metal.
1: Oh, okay, I I got gotcha. you.
2: There's no excuses. That being said, so you and I actually have like extremely similar origin stories. Because I also started doing like a blog that I still have today that like literally opened the door for my company where we do have marketing for heavy metal bands and we have six employees. So I kind of have my reasons why I started blogging, but I'm curious why. So you said you started because... Essentially, you just wanted a job in metal, right? Or want, or heavy rock or whatever.
1: In music in general, I just loved it all. Like I didn't real at that age, I had not realized my love for metal. And I didn't I didn't really realize the spectrum of how large it was because Internet was not as accessible, you know, sure. over 15 years ago. Right. So it wasn't sure. the same as it is now. Um, but then when I started going to warp tour and stuff like that, it all, it changed everything for me. That's I was like, I want to be, it was on my bucket list to go on warp tour for a summer. Like that, right. that was one thing that I re- really wanted to do. I wanted to be like the, the pit blogger that they had and stuff like that. I never got it, but I mean, I got with alternative press. So that was, that was a step towards. <laughs> right,
2: right, right, So as a part of that, This is something I struggle with. Do you think that like a teenager today, if they wanted a job in metal, do you think journalism is really like one of the better inroads to that?
1: I think it depends. It's really like a lot of people go to school for journalism and so many people are like, oh, what college did you go to for journalism? And I'm like, I don't want this to sound bad at all, but it's either you have it or you don't. It's either you can talk or you can't. It's not something that can really be taught. It's something where from... A young age, I've always been able to speak to anybody and carry a conversation, right? So I've definitely gotten better over the years, and it's a tough industry to get into. I never thought today that I would be with Sirius XM. Like that was never even in my mind to have a job with them. I never thought I would end up in radio. I kind of always assumed that I would be interviewing musicians on camera. And it would be uploaded to YouTube. You know what I mean? That's that's what I thought my life would be. And it would be kind of a side hustle. And I'd be working at a bar or a restaurant for the rest of my life. But I got extremely lucky. And I worked my butt off really, really hard. And I kept trying to prove myself. And uh, networking is the biggest thing that you can do in this industry. Like networking is the most important, especially in the metal and rock industry, I feel like.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I would tell like people younger than me who are wanting to do this to start their own channel, like to start a YouTube channel or to start making Instagram reels and interview even local bands or something, just like make yourself better. Like get into the habit of doing what you wanna do and eventually someone will notice you and you can network yourself and introduce yourself to people and say, oh, I interview bands. Like this is what I do. Like that's how Jose found me. He saw me interviewing Panic at the Disco at the Alternative Press Music Awards and he stopped to watch me with his wife and his wife was the one who was like, Jose, like you gotta, you gotta get in contact with this girl, like Sirius XM, like they need younger people, like get her contact. So after that, he introduced himself to me and we stayed in contact for about three years. And then what, like seven, not even, no, like five years ago, he was like, Hey, want to come in and do some voice breaks in my studio with me? Like do a little audition. We're not really looking for anyone right now, but just do it to do it. And they actually were looking for someone. He just wanted to see if I was capable. And a couple months later they were like, Hey, you want to be a part of Octane? Okay.
2: (laughs) That's great. That's pretty cool. It was,
1: it it was really cool.
0: I'm so old from like 1986 to 1988. I met Brian Slagle maybe 10 years ago now, but I knew who Brian Slagle was when I was literally 14 years old. And so from like 1986 to 88, I actually had a a fanzine because that was something that brian had and i interviewed testament and nuclear assault and death angel so sick and i still have the the cassette tapes and stuff um but like uh to think that testament and death angel are still like out there killing it you know 40 years later almost it's just crazy to me but anyway i digress
1: i love that i didn't even know that about you
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I got it. I was not a late bloomer in metal. I was, I was. I, I mean, I've always wanted to be involved in metal, and you know, I've been playing drums mediocrely for thirty years, and I'm theoretically starting a band with a very famous guy next year, who's a good friend of mine. I'm not gonna.
1: Oh, what a badass, Chris Santos! I know. Starting a band
0: at fifty-two, I'm sure we're gonna. We're gonna <laughs> I do love
1: that. it. That's amazing.
0: But but I have a label, so I can record songs and and release them, exactly. and I have a lot of friends in the industry now that I can. Since they, um, you know, I can barter things for, for appearances. So it could, could be a really fun, fun time. But anyway, um, I always wanted to be in the metal. And uh, here I am, 52 years old now, and like still so into it. And h- love having these conversations. And one of the things I love to ask is, um, so you said you were a late bloomer. That's fine. But like, what were some of your first... Uh, live shows that really kind of blew your mind.
1: Ooh, first live shows for metal or in general? Uh, I mean, either, either works, but you know. My first live shows are actually really funny ones. <laughs> my first show, I think I was like 11. Like, I mean, not counting the little like kids shows that your parents used to take you to. They don't count. But right, first right. real concert, my auntie Wendy took me to Shaggy. <laughs> okay. And and this is kind of funny, but uh, I I loved my my aunt is like really into reggae and all that stuff. So like I love Bob Marley and we started listening to Shaggy and she took me to like an outdoor show with him when I was super young. And all of these girls were like lined up on the side. And I said, "Auntie, I want to go and line up where the girls are so I can meet Shaggy. And she goes, oh, honey, those aren't girls to meet Shaggy. They're called groupies. (laughs) But uh, after that, it was some forty one. Canadian rock stars and you know they're just a fun yeah go lucky like you're gonna have a great time I got right front row my auntie Wendy was with me as well she was like the cool aunt who took me to all these things and then after that it was Warp Tour that really got me into it so my first Warp Tour I went to I saw Killswitch Engage, Mm -hmm. Escape the Fate, and like Paramore, uh, Coheed and Cambria, a bunch of other bands who was another big one on there I I can't remember it was way too long ago I think it was like 14 years old but that was like my introduction when I heard my curse live. Oh my God. Like my, my heart, like I felt like my eyes got teary. Like I was really just, I heard it in front of thousands of people and it just like tugged on my heartstrings. And I was Mm -hmm. like, kill switch fucking engage. Like this is crazy. They are so good. And then after that, I was like, coheed and Cambria. And Mm -hmm. I was just mind blown because that was my first real experience getting to see so many rock artists all in the same place in the same day.
2: Right. 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 Which is always really wild to like experience for the first time. Like that sort of like, this is like a thing I could do forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And now, and now look at all of us, right? Like we're getting to go to these festivals. Like it's, it's second nature for us. We're just there. We get to watch all of the bands that we love. We get to work these festivals and it's normal for us to see. Oh, I've seen corn 15 times this year. (laughs) It's like, I never (laughs) thought I'd be able to say that.
0: Right? At festivals festivals, well, that's, we, that's a good segue, actually. So, um, in 2013, I did my first festival. I was actually um, as a guest and brand ambassador for Jaegermeister, and they put me on, they gave me my own tour bus, which was incredible. What? Yeah.
1: Wait a second. I want yeah. my own tour bus. How do I do this?
0: <laughs> it was amazing. There were four of us on the tour bus, but every night we would kidnap a bunch of people from other bands like Machine Head or Monomarth or whatever. But uh, I did like three weeks on the, uh, the Mayhem Festival and it was like, it was such a great experience. And, but also by the end of the three weeks, I was like, wow, I I don't know how people do this for a year or two at a time. You know what I mean? Like, it's so, so grueling. You know what I mean? We would, we would have like a a. 1am bus call and then we'd end up staying up, of course, until like three or four drinking and just, you know, having a good time. And then before you know it, like you're at the venue and it's like 8am or 9am and the first band is sound checking and you can't sleep. And it's like, what, how do they do this? um right but um so i love festivals i've been i've been i've been i've uh, done a lot of guest appearances at festivals over the years but um my um what i'm really excited about is i'm actually starting to work with danny wimmer who i know you work with as well and so excited i'm doing two festivals this year bourbon and beyond and then louder than life where i'm going to be doing tons of fun activations with lots of um you know some of the biggest names uh that are performing but um you also work with what you you Is that a recent thing or you've been doing it for years now?
1: Um, So COVID hit and right when that was happening, we had booked all of our travel. That was going to be my first year on every single Wimmer Festival. So Mm -hmm. I was going to every single one uh, backstage interviewing and sitting down with all the artists and stuff like that. COVID happened. Obviously, none of those festivals happened. And then the next year it came and we ended up being able to do it. So, yeah, I traveled to all of them, Louder Than Life, incarceration. You know, there's like five of them. There's a lot. Um, so I did all of those. And it was a dream come true because I've always wanted to do that. It was so much fun. And having my best friend, who is the talent booker on all of them as well, is pretty amazing. Amanda, uh, who works for DWP. yeah. And then last year, not even last year, in May for Welcome to Rockville, Sirius XM, we did a whole booth thing. We we did interviews, so I didn't work for Danny Wimmer at those ones, but I was so I kind of switched back and forth with Sirius XM and Danny Wimmer. But every Friday, I do a Twitch stream with Matt Pinfield and Josh Bernstein, oh, and we that. all worked. Yeah, we all worked together on the TV show No Cover um, a while ago. So we do that every Friday. Uh, now I'm going to louder than life just for fun because guess what? I haven't done that. I work every single one. So I'm like, I'm just going to have a good time. And and if they ask me to do something, maybe I'll do it. But rare.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, if you want to do something with me, I'm I'm there. Basically, what I'm going to be doing is um, cooking, obviously, Um, really fun stuff. But we're going to they're they're pairing me with a bunch of different artists. And we're doing, you know, different kind of dishes that kind of um, celebrate the artist. Like if uh, without names yet, because things aren't confirmed, like if an artist has a uh, a liquor product uh, like a bourbon or a whiskey
1: add something to it
0: yeah i'm going to do like you know a, a burger with a with a whiskey barbecue sauce or whatever but it's just going to be fun it's going to be it's going to be uh, you know really it's really all about the fans you know letting you know a couple hundred fans come in and and kind of really you know making their their weekend, um, even more special by being able to get close to the artist and, um, and if they care, they're getting food by celebrity chef, but, yeah, but, uh, but, um, but you know, there might be an opportunity for us to do something for like a half an hour there that weekend, but I'm totally down. I don't want you to have to work, um, but I'm super excited.
1: No, no, no. I, that's not working though. That's just fun. Like getting to cook and hang with a friend. Like I I'm down for that. So if you have an open slot, I am willing to take it.
0: Yeah. It's I'm, I'm super excited. It's uh, I'm doing two in a row and it's going to be just all immersive and I'm excited. I just, I'm just super excited. I love Danny. I love all those guys. Just, we've been talking about this for years. And like you said, COVID hit and that kind of uh, stopped it, but, um, but we're doing it and I'm psyched. So
1: that's going to be awesome. That's really a different experience too that you don't get at a lot of other festivals.
0: Let's go backwards a little bit. You're from Vancouver. hmm Which funny enough, I was saying, do you watch the show Resident Alien by any chance?
1: I I never watched it, but I'm very familiar. It's actually
0: really, really hysterical, but it's filmed in Vancouver. Yes. Although it's although it's not supposed to be it's supposed to be in the States.
1: Oh, it's always like that. They always say, oh, we're over here. We're in Seattle. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you're in Vancouver.
0: I've never been, though. But that show makes me want to go there. It's like such a beautiful place.
1: It is. It's it's so lovely. It's like if you like Twilight and vampires and shit, Vancouver's the place for you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: So you went to Toronto, made your big moves. And then what was the like, what was the catalyst to bring you to LA?
1: Oh, it was a lengthy, lengthy process. Toronto just didn't have much to offer me anymore. I mean, I wasn't I had clearly not been hired from MTV or much music. They weren't and they were kind of like on the downfall anyways. Like both of those channels turned into reality shows and Gossip Girl and like nothing music related. So I wouldn't even want to be involved in that anyways, because it had nothing to do with music anymore. Um, So I knew that if I could try to do LA, I would try. And a lot of money later, a lot of years later, uh, a lot of lawyers later, I ended up getting my 01 visa, which is like an extraordinary talent visa. But because I had enough press out there and enough video footage and all of this stuff and it was before Trump was in office too. So this was a big thing, right? Because after uh, Trump was president, a lot of people got denied for visas. So I was lucky enough to apply before that. It was a three-year visa. Like I said, it took so long. And there were moments when I was like, I'm done. Like I can't do this anymore. Like I'm not going to get approved. I don't have enough. They keep asking me for more and more. And I was so unmotivated at times. And I was living with my parents because I needed this money. Like I was bartending, working my butt off, trying to, to get this visa was like at least 10 K, you know, it was like, it was a lot of money. Right. So, um, I was just waiting and waiting. And then the lawyer would come back and be like, Hey, they came back and asked for this. You need more of this. So I would have to reach out to magazines and, you know, YouTube channels and be like, will you please interview me? Like do an article about me or something, just something more to give them. And I got lucky. I I like to say it was luck of the draw really. And I got approved. Um, and I moved within, yeah, within the month, I think, I think I flew to LA, spent a week looking for apartments, flew back, packed my shit, and then road trip down to LA from Vancouver. (laughs) And
0: did you have a gig in LA lined up at that point?
1: Nope. I had no job lined up. I didn't really have a lot of money in my savings account. Um, And technically, because I was on an O-1 visa, I was only allowed to work in the industry that my O-1 visa was for. So it would have to be work within the metal and music industry. So it was very limited. And I was like, you know what? That's not going to work. So (laughs) I got to I got to do some illegal shit and work at a bar and tell them that I can work at a bar. And I ended up working at uh, a very high class nightclub that actually I, i'm still friends with everybody from that nightclub to this day because they are the reason i'm probably still here they were so welcoming and i'm so grateful for the people that i met there my boss actually ended up marrying my husband and i Oh, <laughs> so, really? yeah so That's we have cool. a really close uh close relationship and after i got married <sighs> i told my lawyer i was like uh hey, so I don't know if it matters, but I've been working illegally at a nightclub for a couple of years. And she goes, it doesn't matter. You're married now. Like all of that's out the door. It doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. So
1: oopsie, but <laughs> <laughs> well, since I've never you've told the- anyone that before.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, well, you
0: okay. a lot of people now. So uh, since you've opened that door, um, I I love your husband, Hayden, from Crown the Empire. Um, How'd you meet him? How'd the the whole thing get started?
1: We met when I was living in Toronto. So when I was interning, yeah, when I was interning at MTV, it was like a a Tuesday and I had to be up at like 7 a.m. And my friend Joey was like, please come to this show. I got no one to go with me because it's a Tuesday. And I was like, dude, no, I'm not going to a show until like 1 a.m. and then waking up at 7 or whatever time it is. And he goes, please, I'll buy you drinks. And when I was at that age and interning, not making money, I was like, any chance at free booze and a (laughs) free show, I'm there. So uh, yeah, I went to the shows at the Opera House in Toronto. And when I walked in, uh, my friend knew, knew their merch guy. And Hayden happened to be standing with the merch guy. And he just like points at me. But I caught him pointing at me. And I guess to the merch guy, he went, oh, my God, that girl's so pretty. We just ended up talking all night we became really great friends, uh, because we had just recently gotten out of relationships, both of us. So, and we were young, you know, we weren't like, Oh my God, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. It wasn't like that. So we were friends for over a year before we actually started dating. Uh, we became really close friends and yeah. And we kind of, yeah, we kind of just, uh, I went on, on tour for alternative press to make like a little vlog of them on the road as when we were friends. And then when I was there, he, he told me he felt otherwise. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he told me, listen, yeah, I'm really close to you as a friend, but I want more. And I said, done deal.
0: Well, I will tell I will tell a little secret and I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but I think it's fine. Um, but Crown the Empire is one of the bands that I'm going to be doing something with it louder than life.
1: Ooh! spoiler alert, spoiler alert.
0: I just found that out this morning, that they're one of the bands that have agreed to do something with me.
1: Hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely be there watching.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is yet, so we'll figure it
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll come up with something. If you, if you need some inspiration, go watch their uh, their latest music video that they came out with. It's like Renaissance theme, and there's a bunch of like old school food on a long table with candles and stuff. Maybe we'll give you some inspo.
0: Ooh, Renaissance food. That's
1: interesting. Dan- dancing, yeah. Dancing with the Dead is the music video. And they're wearing, like, a, like Hayden's wearing a black crown. And, like, it's pretty cool. So maybe that will give you some inspo.
2: Nice. I like it. <laughs> I wanted to ask, as someone who's, like, you've been to basically all the Danny Wimmer festivals at this point, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the best one? Like, what's the one to go to if you see all these festivals happening, you think they're cool, but you're not sure? What's your favorite?
1: It's so hard because the lineups every year are so different and so diverse. For example, this year they have like kiss on a bunch and then nine inch nails. And then, you know, it's just like hair metal bands to heavy metal bands and lamb of God and disturbed and stuff. So I think it depends on your personal taste because if disturbed was on any of these, I'd be like, I'm going to that one. (laughs) I I love disturbed. Like I'm like such a butt rock queen. Like at times. But last year, I think my favorite ones were incarceration because of the location. I think it's so cool how it's at the prison and you can, and it, they also make it like a tattoo festival. So there's a ton to do, but the lineup for that one is always like really solid. But uh, like this year, I'm just going to Louder Than Life Festival because the lineup is so good and I'm just going to go. You know what I mean? It's Evanescence and Nine Inch Nails, Lamb of God and Slipknot. Like it's just, all these incredible bands that I'm down for. So I think it just depends on your personal taste.
2: That's fair. Fair enough. For sure. Because yeah, and I do think the incarceration being in the prison thing is actually really cool. I think that's something, okay, I'm going to be really pretentious, but I'm always really pretentious. So it's okay. (laughs) As someone who mostly goes to European festivals, those are the ones that are really special. Like I was at Brutal Assault a few days ago in the Czech Republic, which is at, which is like inside a fortress. And there's a few that are like inside castles. We have one, like I told you, that's inside a cave. That's so cool. And I always felt like that like adds a layer to it in a way that you don't really have with like, oh, I went to see a bunch of bands in a field.
1: Exactly. Like there's you know more, I mean? there's more to it than just the music. Mm hmm. Yeah, because then you're, like,
2: sort of having this experience that's weird or different or, you know, especially if the venue can, like, make the experience feel more authentic, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, and, like, at incarceration, like, later on when the festival was over, a bunch of us got to ghost hunt and, like, some weird shit happened there, okay? It was, like, I didn't believe in all this stuff until I went and we had one of those spirit box thingies and... I can't really get fully into it because it's a long story, but the entire time there was this, the same person was talking to me and he kept telling me his name and like, I kept hearing. Oh, my God, it was so weird. But that like I'll always remember that. And knowing that it was at a music festival, I'm like, that's badass.
2: Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. And that just makes it so much more meaningful and so much more like of a compelling experience, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I can I could only imagine the European festivals. I've never been to any of them, but I've always wanted to go over there and like do all of that stuff. So you're a lucky buck'er.
0: Yeah, me too. I've never been to a European festival as Shame, shameful
2: as it is. Um, yeah, you're, you're fucking up. It's like...
1: But also, I want my own I want my own tour bus, and I want to go to these festivals <laughs> on my own tour bus, please, and thank you. Like, come on, uh, Jägermeister, Monster, Katie Babs, <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'll do interviews on the bus for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm kind of fancy, if you didn't know. But um, with what we're, we're coming to the end here, because we keep these at around 35, 40 minutes, but I have two things I want to go over with you. One is, um, what was your first like what was your first experience in the booth at Sirius like?
1: Oh, okay. So my first day at Sirius was actually incredible. And I've never had a day like this ever again. Um, It was at our old studio. So it was a lot smaller and Scotty was training me on how to use like the, all of the gear and stuff like that and showing me around the office, introducing me to everybody. And we had sat down like waiting for a booth to open and they have like these little chairs these little loungers that you can sit in and we're sitting in there and ll cool j walks in and he goes oh hey l like how's it going this is katie like it's her first day and ll cool j sat down and like gave me a full-blown pep talk like oh shit it was like you're gonna do amazing like wh- what kind of music are you doing blah 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 and I was like what are you doing today so we talked for like a couple minutes and he said oh actually like I have something really exclusive happening today but it's not going to be coming out for probably six months but we have to do it now and I said can I ask what it is and he said yeah I'm interviewing Eminem because he's coming back mm, and wow. he said do you want to meet him and I was like <laughs>
2: It's so ridiculous.
1: Do I want to meet Eminem? Eminem <laughs> on my first day, like I'm already talking to LL Cool J and getting a pep talk from him, and he was like, "Do you want to meet Eminem?" So That's I met him, saying. and even though it was extremely brief, I was just like, "Hi, I'm Katie." Like I'm on the Rock Channel. And he's like, "Oh, hi, I'm Marshall." Like it was really casual, but I was just like mind blown. And when I left the studio that day, I went, "Nothing like this will ever happen again." <laughs> like this was my first day. <laughs>
2: It's like those sports center commercials, you know, where like the athletes are like inside the office with the journalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It was incredible, though. And now we have like a new studio uh, in Hollywood and it's absolutely incredible. It's so amazing. We have like a stage for bands to come in and perform. That's where Ozzy Osbourne comes and does the show. And it's just so much nicer. It's so incredible. And I don't go in too often unless I have special guests.
0: Well, you know, I've done Liquid Metal three or four times as uh, kind of Jose's guest, like kind of doing like an hour takeo- takeover, you know what I mean? Yeah. So hint, 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 <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> um, like go listen. We should do it.
1: <laughs> we should do one on Octane.
0: We should. Um, all
1: right. So let's talk about
0: who are your favorite bands? Like, what are your top five favorite bands?
1: Okay. My top five favorite bands. It's a, kind of like a, all over the place, but Deftones. Yes. Corn.
0: Okay.
1: Incubus. Those are my top three.
0: Deftones is like my.
1: Deftones, Incubus. Like I I love Incubus so much. They were the band that really got me through my struggles when I was in high school. Like I really struggled with mental health and Morning View was like my savior. It was, that was the record that totally saved my life. Like every time I hear Wish You Were Here, I cry. It's the only song. It's the only song that can make me cry. The only one. Um but if we're getting into top 5 I'd probably have to say Disturbed like I said Butt rock queen and then Lamb of God. Oh, wow, that's that's good.
0: I like that. David's a good friend of mine. Um I love, I love David and they're great.
1: He's such a nice guy. He's so nice.
0: Nice. We he just took he just took me and my wife out to dinner him and his wife um took well it's a really weird story. I, I was I took Natalie to see Metallica and event Sevenfold to kind of break her in. And we were invited by Metallica's management to the after party. And I see David, who I knew, and I start walking towards him. And all of a sudden, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, starts literally running ahead of me towards David. And I'm like, what is happening? And his wife is running towards um, Natalie. Like, turns out that like 15 years ago, In Austin, they used to model together. They were models at the same agency.
1: No way! I was like
0: the weirdest, like, small world thing.
1: That is so cool. That's awesome. Um, I love that.
2: I I just want to point out that David Draymond, of, like, any sort of major rock star I've met, he is probably the most understated guy. Like, I feel like most of the time, like, rock stars are normal people. It's like a cliche. Mm -hmm. and like, But, like, with most of the, like, like, Phil Anselmo's, like, a normal guy but he's still like phil and yeah but, yeah you know what i mean like he'll talk to you about whatever but he's you know he's he's still got like this thing where it's like david Dr-
1: he, he still got this ambiance to him that is creepy and you're like still intimidated to talk to him and when it comes to yeah. david you're like oh yeah yeah david draymond is
2: like <laughs> your friend's dad yeah, yeah. <laughs> you but know you know like- what
1: like now now that I'm thinking about this top five, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many bands I could fit into this. Like top five is not like appropriate. Like there's Slipknot and System of a Down, like and Static X. Like I love all that. Shit.
0: Oh my God. I love Static X. Yeah. I listen to them. I listen to them almost every single day on my way to the gym yep almost every single day I'm way to the gym that's my jam
1: bled for days is like my fucking jam what do you think about
0: this thing that they're doing
1: i think it's great uh it's obviously they're not coming clean with who the vocalist is but everybody knows who it is, <laughs> who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah i don't um, like i, it I don't really. want to be the person to like say, say it but matt penfield said it on our stream last week so he kind of but people saw his neck tattoo and assumed it was him but i think He sounds really great live. Like he's doing a very good job and he's justifying static X. Obviously no one can replace Wayne static, but he is doing it justice.
0: I have not been able to bring myself to go to a show because I just don't feel good about it, but maybe I'm wrong. No, No.
1: I, I promise. I promise if you, if you went to the Rob Zombie show last week, that's what I went to. It was really good. I mean, I'm a
0: huge Static X fan, and so, I don't know, I feel weird, but maybe I'll maybe I'll check it out.
1: I, I think you should. I think it will change your mind a little bit.
2: As someone who's not a Static X fan but knows that entire team pretty well, um, I've been to see them, and I definitely was kind of rolling my eyes a little bit. But I definitely thought it was, like, one of the better tributes and also given sort of the, for lack of a better term, like, inherent silliness of Wayne Static. Yeah. You know, I think they do a really good job of, like, honoring that in a way that makes sense. And, you know, it felt to me like really, okay, this is appropriate given who this guy was.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know,
2: and and, and like that tactic is definitely not going to work for everyone at all ever.
1: Oh, definitely not. Like you, you you, wouldn't be able to do that with Linkin Park or anything. Like with, with, St- with Static yeah. X, it's like they're more so paying tribute to Wayne by doing this. And it's, and I feel like that's probably why he wears a mask is because it doesn't matter who he is. He is paying tribute to Wayne. It doesn't matter who the guy behind the mask is singing. He just wants to sing the songs and allow people to hear them once again.
0: I first saw Static-X and Slipknot in God. It could have been 99, I don't even know. It was the very first it was the first Ozfest and Slipknot and Static-X were on the little tiny shitty like smallest stage. I love that. And I remember I didn't know in anything about either band and Somebody in the know said, You got to check out the span static X and you have to check out the Span Slipknot. And Slipknot played on a stage, like you know, like there was nine of them and they were playing on this tiny little stage. Like it was both of those shows were not were so incredible, but also like were top 10 moments where you like when it was over, you go, like, what the fuck did I just see? That was amazing. Like amazing. So yeah, I'm a huge static X fan. And I just got my first, I just got a white pony um tattoo. So <gasps> Yes, <laughs> mine's, on, mine's on my leg, but I'll show it to you.
1: Okay, now now you, me, and Chino are matching.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you you can't see this to the people listening, but we're showing off our white pony outline tattoo. I'd have
0: to stand on my desk to show mine.
1: I also have this one, this one too, Tempest.
0: Oh, nice, very nice.
1: I, I love myself some Deftones. It's just, I always say like, you know what? They're the sexiest band ever. And if you have never had intercourse while listening to Deftones, <laughs> you have to do it. <laughs>
0: That, my friend, is a great place to end. I think so. (laughs) Where can people find you on the interwebs?
1: I got social media all over the place, including, unfortunately, TikTok. It's at C-Babs, C-I-B-A-B-S. And I'm on air every single day, Octane and Turbo, so you can't miss me.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and doing this. This is awesome. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I'm really wow. stoked that I got to do this with you guys. And Chris, I'm sure I'll see you very soon. Yeah, I'll see you at Louder, if nothing, if not before. Uh, we're going to do something there, okay?
0: Awesome. I can't wait.
1: Okay, thanks again, guys. Appreciate you.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Take care.
0: All right, so that was awesome. Thank you, everyone out there for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more. And above all, keep it heavy.